Well, praise God and good morning. Um, again, thank you guys for joining us, those of you here, those of you online. And again, I want to just continue encouraging you guys, especially as we head into the holiday season, the holiday week this week coming up and with Christmas coming next month to join us here in person. Obviously, we understand if you are at home for safety reasons, if you don't feel comfortable quite yet coming back in person, we totally get it. But again, if it is simply a convenience thing, we really want to encourage you guys to come here and join us here in person. Let me open us up in prayer. Um, Lord, as we head into a week where we are called to celebrate because of a holiday, Lord. Help us to remember, Lord, that it is not about celebrating Thanksgiving. It is about you, Lord, and what you have done for us and, and our hearts being thankful and our mindset being one that is so thankful because of everything you've done for us, everything that are, you are doing for us. And most importantly, Lord, simply for who you are, that you are the creator, you are our Abba Father, you are our everything Lord Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide my words today as we continue looking at what it means to truly be thankful to God and, and for everything that he has done for us. And so we just pray this all in your name. Amen. So as I mentioned last a few minutes ago, last week we started a two-week series on uh, thankfulness to God and what exactly that means. And we took a look at what it means to be thankful. Also, we took a look at why we are thankful to God and when, and we're told in scripture that we are always to be thankful. And so today we are going to continue, but this week we're going to take a look at what are some of the dangers when we don't have a grateful heart? Because I think it is really important to understand the dangers if we are to steer clear of them, if we are to be maturing in our faith. And then we'll also take a look at what is God's response Christians who are not thankful, who are not grateful for all that he has done. But I thought a great way to start kind of to set the tone, and, and a couple of you here were actually with me this week when this took place, but we had an individual who uh, doesn't have a place to stay, and we've had individuals like that who have camped out in front of our church, and we had an individual that was kind of uh, not really banging on the door, but he was trying to get our attention this past week. And so a couple of us had went out to talk to him to kind of see what was going on, and he just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for allowing him, and it sounded like it's not just him, it's other people he, he knows to be in the front of our building, being, you know, kind of sheltered from the rain, from the winds, and things like that. And he just kept repeating how, you know, he was so grateful for us to allow him to stay there. And this isn't our building, this is God's building, you know. And so it was just very awesome to hear his heart. And he was saying, I understand what Scripture says, how we need to be grateful, you know. And, and he's like, you know what, and I get it. If you guys need to call someone to have me re removed, hey, that is, that is your right to do that. I get it. I have spent a lot of time in the jail here in Redwood City. He said, I have addictions that I struggle with and I know that I'm wrong I know I need to change but I'm so grateful to God and so grateful that you guys will allow me to stay here and then he went further and it was so neat you know getting to interact with him and talking about God and talking about scripture and and he's like you know I know the scripture tells us about giving and how important it is to show our thankfulness through giving and he's like I know the story about the person who gave out of their abundance but then I also know about the person who gave the woman that gave her her, her everything. And so he started digging in his pocket. He's like, this is all I have. And I'm like, man, man, we can't take that from you. He's like, no, please. I know you don't want to accept it, but please take it because I want to show my gratitude to God. And he started crying because I told him, hey, I, I want to pray for you. And he's like, 
I'm not worthy. He's like, Pastor, please go to your prayer closet and pray for me because I am not worthy to have you pray for me because what I've done, I'm like, no, hey, I want to pray for you. And he's like, please, just, just pray for me on your own. And then he walked away, and I was like, whoa. You know, that was such an awesome interaction. I needed to be reminded of that because this is a guy who truly has so many reasons to not have gratitude, to be angry, to be bitter. And he wasn't. He was so humble. He was so transparent. And that's because he understood the dangers of not being thankful to God. He understood what it means to be grateful because what God has done for us. And so I want to transition. Let's talk about some of those dangers. It doesn't mean that these things are going to happen to you, but it means that they are things that could possibly happen to you. And if we look at people we know, if we look throughout Scripture, these are things that have happened. And one of the first dangers is we can become selfish and self-centered. We can forget that we need God's help and we need to rely on Him. John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. We know he, it's, it's men and women, it's both. It's he and she, he and she. We cannot do anything apart from God. And there's two parts to this. Part of it is that we can't live the Christian life the way God has called us to live without God. We cannot do it. It's impossible. But the other part is that we don't get up in the morning. We don't breathe. We don't walk. We don't experience our physical health without God. Again, apart from God, we can do nothing. Another danger that can come from a lack of gratitude is lacking humility. We can become prideful. We can begin to feel that God and others should cater to us or that other people, they owe us. We don't take accountability for our own actions. We think that our views and our opinions are more important than anyone else's. And this can create in us a critical attitude. We point at all that's wrong or needs to be changed in other people in certain situations, but we get upset or hurt or offended when people mention anything to us that needs to be changed. I started thinking about this and the idea or this concept that came to my mind is I think all of us at one point in time have forgotten to turn off the lights in our house and so they've been on all night long. And I started thinking, you know, this has happened with Emily and myself. And imagine this, imagine one night Emily forgets to turn off the lights and so the next morning I tell her, hey Emily, you know what? Hey, you should turn off the lights because we don't want to waste energy. And you know, I just say that kind of matter-of-factly to her. And she accepts it, and she says, oh, okay, sorry about that. I think I just got too tired. I forgot. Well, let's say a couple of weeks, maybe even a month rolls by, and I forget to turn off the lights because I have done that before. And then Emily's like, hey, Andrew, I just you know, wanted to let you know I turned off the lights. You had left them on. Now, what if my response is, why are you judging me? Are you saying I don't care about the environment? Why are you pointing this out to me? That is really self-centered. It's being really critical. And that's a danger that can happen when we have a prideful spirit because we're not acknowledging what God has done for us. We're thinking that everything has to be catered to us. In Scripture, it has, Jesus has a sermon and he talks about this and he kind of says it in this kind of funny, kind of sarcastic way. Jesus had a sense of humor and times he could be sarcastic. And so Matthew 7, 
verses 3 through 5, listen to how Jesus addresses this. He says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And I've seen this illustrated before where imagine like you have this log, you have a tree in your eye, and yet you're pointing out some sawdust in someone else's eye. I love how Jesus does that. It's so clear. I don't think he's trying to be hurtful. He's trying to make a point to us. Another danger of not being thankful is that we can develop a heart of jealousy. We can begin to have thoughts like, why don't I have that? Or, or how come those things never happen to me? And maybe at first it, it just starts out that way. It's like, you know, why don't I have this? Or, you know, man, why does it seem that nothing positive ever happens to me? I don't understand. But the problem is that can lead to sinful and judgmental thoughts about other people. Soon we may find ourselves saying, they don't deserve that. They're not good enough. Why would God allow that to happen to them? They're not worth it. What makes them so special? So we have to be careful. It's another danger that we can become jealous. We can struggle with commitment. Or, sorry, not commitment, contentment. We can also struggle with commitment, but contentment. We can struggle being content when we are not thankful for the things that we have, the things that, have got, that God has done for us. There's a quote from Dale Carnegie, and he's an early lecturer on self-improvement. You probably heard or read some of his books, and he said, It isn't what you have or who you are or where you are or what you are doing that makes you unhappy or that makes you happy. It is what you think about it. It's really difficult, if not impossible, to be grateful to God when you are focused on the things that you don't have or you're focused on situations and you're thinking, you know what, this situation could be so much better. You know, when you're thinking about other situations and not appreciating the ones that you find yourself in, you can struggle being content. And just like that individual that was at our front step, we have to remember there are so many people in this world that would do anything, and I mean anything, to trade places with you. And then the final danger, and this is probably the most important one, is that we can give into our flesh, we can give into our sin nature. When we're not thankful to God because we don't truly appreciate what He has done for us and who He is, we start looking to other things that we think will make us happy or that we think will fill that void of discontentment. James 1, verses 14 and 15, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The reality is we all sin, but not everybody repents of their sins. And we sin all day long, which means we should be repenting. We should be saying sorry to God for our sins and trying to change them. That's what repentance is. We should be doing that constantly throughout the day because we are constantly sinning. That's just our nature, unfortunately. 
And the thing about unrepentant sin is it causes distance between you and God. Isaiah 59.2, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. I know as Christians, we don't like to talk about that. We think that everything we pray about that God's going to do. But here's the thing, because of your sin, God does not answer all of your prayers. We see this scripture or this, this concept in 1 Peter 3, 3, 7. I don't have it up there, but if you guys want to look it up. And this should really challenge husbands because it says the way that husbands treat their wives, it affects if your prayers are answered or not. And I would say it's not just husbands, it's wives too, but specifically Peter is talking to husbands. When we are disrespectful to our wives, it can inhibit our prayers. So due to our ungratefulness and the sin that comes from it, we can find ourselves in this repetitive cycle where we're not thankful to God because we don't sense His presence or we don't really see Him working in our lives. But the thing is, we're not realizing that the reason that we don't see Him working in our lives is due to our blindness that is caused by our sin and our lack of gratitude. So those are the dangers. And to kind of summarize all this, ultimately when we're not thankful to God, we begin to minimize the importance of gratitude to and for God. And this can lead us to a lack of expressing thankfulness to God. And we start to view God like a vending machine. I've heard people talk to God about this or talk to God like this that they're willing to give to God, they're willing to serve, they're willing to do things when they get stuff out of it, when they think God's going to give back to them. But, but our thankfulness, our faith cannot be based on what God does for us. God's already done so many thing, amazing things for us, so we have to be careful. That's a danger. It's something we have to keep ourselves from doing, of viewing God like that vending machine that is just there to serve us because that is not reality that's not the truth and ultimately jesus died on the cross for us that should be all that we need from him but he is so gracious he does so much more for us so now let's talk about what's god's response we've talked about these dangers but there must be some way that god responds to all this well there's two responses that we see in the bible the first one is God may allow you to remain where you are. Have you, maybe, have you ever sat around and wondered, why am I not experiencing a breakthrough? Why do things seem, seem the same to me? Nothing seems to change. I keep praying, but nothing has changed. Or maybe you're not growing, you're not maturing in your faith. Well, maybe God is allowing you to run around in circles because you are not truly thankful to and for him and you are unwilling to take a look at yourself and ask god to change your heart and there's a great story in the bible about the israelites as they are going through the exodus they are being freed from their captivity in egypt and it talks about this due to their cries for help they were crying out saying we are enslaved in egypt god help us help your people your chosen people and god answered their prayer and they were freed. But literally, soon after, it's not very long after, 
the Israelites, they began to complain. We see that they complained about their leaders and because they did not trust God to provide for them. Exodus 16, verses 2 and 3. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Think about the extremes. They are complaining. They're griping. They're not happy even though God has freed them. And they're talking about, wow, it was so much easier when we were enslaved. How funny how their thinking changed because they weren't grateful to God. They also complained because God's plan was taking too long. Exodus 32, verse 1. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So they were so impatient, they started to complain, and they took it to the extreme that they said, you know what, make us gods that will basically take the place of God because this is taking too long. Faith, they were stumbling in their belief in God because of their lack of gratitude to Him. And here's how God responded to Israel's lack of thankfulness. We find this in Numbers 14 Verses 20 through 23. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Praise God. He forgave their griping, their grumbling, their complaining. But there's still more to his response. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times. Not one of them will ever see the land I promised an oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. So due to their ungratefulness, a generation of the Israelites who were freed, those original Israelites who were freed, they never got to see the promised land. For 40 years, they were going in circles because they were complaining. They were not grateful. And you see, here's the thing. When we're not grateful and thankful to God, we could be missing out on some incredible opportunities that God has planned. And I don't know about you, but I know I don't want to miss out on all that God has planned for me. So I have to myself develop a more thankful heart. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Now, the second way the Bible tells us that God responds to ingratitude is there's times where God will let you be overcome by your sin, by your fleshly desires. Romans 1, verses 21 through 24, For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. 
When we do not honor God or show Him thanks, our thinking about Him gets jaded. That's when we start thinking about God being that vending machine or that He's only here to make us happy. When we start worshiping other things to meet our needs, often we worship ourselves. We begin to give into our flesh, into that sin nature that we already struggle with. And sometimes God allows those sins to take over us. And it's not because God hates us. It's because He loves us that He's letting our sins sometimes just overwhelm us and take over where we're going. And it's because God hopes that by going through those natural consequences of our sins, we'll repent and turn back to Him. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with the heaping coals on people's heads. It's that same concept. It's all about getting people to repent and turn back to Him. Imagine this. Imagine you're in a boat. Maybe it's like a rowboat or something, and you're in this river, and the current is sin. God, He's holding a rope that's tied to that boat, right? And, And He's holding you, and you're going against the current. You're going against sin, and He's holding you. But then because of your ingratitude, because you continue complaining, all of a sudden God says, okay, and he lets go. And you just start floating down the river. And and who knows, there might be a waterfall. You might crash into the side. But God lets you go because he wants you sometimes to deal with the consequences of your sin nature. And again, it's not because he hates you. It's not because he wants to see you harmed. It's because he wants you to change your heart and turn back to him. So there's two ways we see that God responds, according to the Bible, to our lack of gratitude. That sometimes He'll allow you to be stuck. He'll allow you just to run in circles. Things don't change because you're not changing. And then other times, God will let you deal with the consequences of your sin. Again, because He's hoping that you'll have a change of heart, that you will turn back to Him. So then that begs the question, how do we deal with this? How can we avoid going through those responses that God has to our ungratefulness? Well, the easy answer is work on being more thankful. But but how do we do that? How do we begin to show our thankfulness to God? Well, the first thing is do some introspection. Take a look at yourself. It's so funny that I think so much of our faith is about taking a look inside. We talked about a couple of weeks ago that we need to examine ourselves, but I think most Christians don't want to do that, probably because they don't want to see what's truly on the inside. We need to introspect. We need to take a look at ourselves, and we need to ask ourselves, are we truly thankful to God? For example, can you remember the amazing things God has done for you even when your situation is challenging, even when you're suffering. Again, God gave me the greatest illustration through the life of a person the other day that he was so thankful when most of us would say, what does that guy have to be thankful for? And he was to the point that he wanted to give back to God. So ask yourself, are you truly thankful? And take some time. I don't think this is a simple, yes, I am. Really sit there and think about it. Especially this week with Thanksgiving, our mind should be all about thanking all sorts of things. But are you thankful to God? And then if your answer is yes, let God know that you are thankful. When you're praying, make sure that your prayer somewhere 
I think it's pretty incredible. We have some church members that drive this home all the time when we pray, and I think it's such a great reminder. They're like, hey, we need to thank God first before we start asking Him for things. And that is such a great reminder. But if you're not able to do it in the beginning, I just encourage you somewhere in your prayer, thank God for what He's done in your life and what He's doing and what He's about to do. Spend time with God. You know, if you're thankful to God, spend some time with Him through prayer, maybe other quiet times on a walk. Spend time with God. And then express your gratefulness. This is that action component of being truly thankful. We talked about this last week, that there's an action, there's an expression. So express your gratefulness. Spend time worshiping God. We just did that. Hopefully, you realize that when Matt's leading up here, he's leading us in being thankful to God for all that he's done. That's not the only reason, but that is a part of it. Through your singing, through your playing of music, through your dancing, worship God. Express your gratitude and thankfulness through giving, through your tithes and offerings, through serving God. They're giving a portion of your day to Him. You can tithe time. Give 10% of your day to God. Carve out time each day reflecting on the big things and the small things you are grateful to God for. I love when someone mentioned that to me. He's like, you know, we can tithe our time. And I'm like, oh yeah. Imagine if you gave 10% of your day to God. That's a lot, you know. I want to get better at that. 10% of your day to God. And our final thing, I want to close with this, and I think this is probably the most powerful thing that we can do. Quit complaining. Yeah, quit complaining. Philippians 2, verses 12 through 15. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Complaining is a thankfulness killer. The Greek word for complaining or grumbling, the one used when we talk about thanksgiving, it means being discontent. If you struggle with being thankful to God, if this is not something that's easy for you, and you find yourself complaining, there's likely an underlying reason. As I've mentioned in the past, our relationship with God is similar to our relationship with other people. It's not exactly the same, but there's similarities and that's because we have a relationship with God. This isn't just a religion. We have a relationship with God. So with that in mind, I want to share with you this psychological study. And you guys know that I love psychological studies. I love how our minds work. And I was reading this the other day, and it said, you know, when it comes to people complaining, there are typically five reasons why people complain. It's because they want connection. It's because they want validation. So that's affirmation or recognition. They want attention. They want to feel special in someone else's eyes. They want resolution. 
They want to find an answer or solution to a problem. And the final was empowerment. They want to feel stronger. They want to feel more confident. Aren't these exactly what people desire from God? But here's the thing. What the study said was the problem with complaining is it rarely results in people getting what they're looking for. If you want to feel more connected to God, if you want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant, if you want to feel the love God has for you, if you need resolution to a situation in your life, or if you want to grow in your confidence, which ultimately should come from your identity in Christ, quit looking at what you don't have or how a situation or circumstance is not the way you want it to be. Instead, focus on God and start being truly thankful for who He is and everything He has done for you and He continues to do for you. Church, as we head into this holiday week, I want to encourage you. I was just uh, contacting my friend this morning and we were just saying, hey, every day we have to hold each other accountable not to complain and to be thankful to God. Because we need reminders. It doesn't matter that I'm a pastor. It doesn't matter that he's connected to pastors. It doesn't matter. It's something that we have to do because it is so easy to complain and not be grateful to God for all that he has done for us. Amen? Lord Jesus, as we head into this week that um, is, is a man-made holiday, Lord, but the heart of it is being thankful, Lord. Help us to remember that it's not things that are done for us. It's not, Lord, all these other things in the world that are, that are nice and fun, Lord, but it is you that we need to be thankful for, that you have given your life for us, that, Jesus, you became sin. You became all the things that we know, Father God, that he hates. And you did that for us because you love us. Lord, help each of us to understand it. What, it, what it truly means to be thankful to you. Lord, I pray that each of us would have the hearts of um, this incredible person, Lord, that really blessed us the other day. Lord, um, I think he probably was so thankful for what we have done for him, which really isn't much, Lord, but really we should be thankful for what he blessed us with, that he gave us some perspective, that he helped us to understand that when the world is working against you, when you, you don't know where your next meal is coming from, where you don't even really have regular shelter over your head, that we can still be thankful to you, Lord. Help us to have that heart. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, from the bottom of my heart for that situation, for that um, encounter that, that me and some others had this week. Lord, we do truly thank you for everything you've done for us. Lord, and forgive us for that sin of ingratitude, of, of, um, of doubting you, of complaining that you haven't done enough, Lord. Lord, help us to be a transformed people who are focused on you and how much you love us. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.